Welcome back to the Fresh Faced Film Bro podcast. This is episode four. Tonight, we've got a got a little night episode. Got a little nighttime chat. The moonlight. Yeah, just we've got. You can't see us, but we're in the living room. We've got the lights <laughs> off, with the lamps on. You know, set, set the mood. It's for moody. Just a little, yeah, late night convo. Today, it's been a long time coming, but um, this is one of. Mr. Jacob White's personal favorites. Let's go. It's quickly cu- climbed to uh, top three, maybe top two status at this point. Wow. Yeah. Edgar writes. I'm. A, I'm. A, what I'm year? A, wait. What? What year? 2007. Edgar writes. 2007. Comedy classic. Hot fuzz. Yes, sir. Now a little disclaimer. Let's go. A little disclaimer before we get started. Okay. The year's 1997. It's game five of the NBA Finals. This and is Michael important. Jordan this is important to hot has food poisoning. Mm. But you know what? He showed out. 38 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. And here I am sitting in the corner, masked up. <laughs> oh my God. Feeling a little bit not myself, but you know what? I'm here. We're recording the pod. And I'm about to drop 40, so let's go. Let's get it. Ethan, <laughs> Ethan is MJ. He is. <laughs> Great comparison. You know, um, they found out that he that um he was he got food poisoning. It wasn't it wasn't the flu. He had food poisoning. They, they talk about that in uh, the last dance. Mm. Maybe I we'll do a last dance that. episode. Maybe no. we'll do a last wanna, dance episode. You, That'd yeah, be crazy. If you want to hear us talk about the last dance? That, yeah. Give us five stars. Download this episode as many times <laughs> as you can. Yeah. Wait. We'll so it wasn't the dance. flu. No. 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 That's they, they crazy. Think, they think that. Um, someone poisoned the pizza that he ate because oh, yeah. he ate like a pizza before, <laughs> like late at night. Like the night of. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Or like night before. Yeah. And much like poisoning, food poisoning that Michael Jordan got. So did um, a guy in Hot Fuzz die from leaving baked beans and a <laughs> bre- bacon. A proper British breakfast leaves it on the oven and his house gets blown to yeah. smithereens and his head goes flying to the front. Of that was basically gate. my letterboxed review is like, you know, it's bad. Like, you know, British cuisine's bad when a literal British breakfast kills someone. Like, yeah. they die from it. <laughs> but anyway. I, I don't remember that. I British British cuisine slander is some of my favorite. I could just listen yeah. to it all day. There's a reason my ancestors left that place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, Britain I, sucks. I yeah. <laughs> but if there's one thing that Britain does, they make fantastic rock music and mm-hmm. I've also come to learn they make some of the best comedies. Mm. Hot 2007's comedy classic as Ethan said. Mm-hmm. Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz. If you don't know much about this movie, the movie follows a cop named Nicholas Angel, who's a bit of an overpowered guy, wouldn't you guys say? He's the beginning of the movie is this very flashy montage of all of his achievements in the police academy in London, and this dude is just a machine. He's got a rest rate of over four hundred percent, I think is the line in the movie. Got an arrest rate of over four hundred percent higher than the rest of the police academy. And with those numbers, my man gets traded 
Speaking of basketball, he gets traded for two second round picks. Yeah, he gets traded for two second round picks to Sanford. In, in to cash his, consideration to Sanford Glo- <laughs> to Sanford Gloucestershire. You may be asking, where is that? Gloucestershire. Yeah, Sanford Gloucestershire. He goes where? Sanford Gloucestershire. Is that that's a place in the country? Yeah, it's lovely. If you didn't know, I can quote the whole movie. I've seen it more times than at this point I would like to admit. But anyway, bro has the screenplay memorized. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got it framed. I got I got the screenplay like a physical copy, just sitting on my coffee table back home. That's great. <laughs> easy, that's another. Reading. Are you serious? No, I wish. Oh, I wish oh, I did. Yeah, I was like, that's I another level of dedication, Man. bro. Um, Holy crap! Yeah. Let me tell y'all. I I mean, <laughs> I might have to do that now. I exist on another plane of gullible, so if if someone tells me something, I will just accept it as no. The yeah, I. D- but that I was actually like, that totally actually isn't that, too far of the question. I would do yeah. that hundred percent. But Nicholas Angel, this dude is the goat of cops, just just stopping crime, bringing people to justice, and then he gets traded to Sanford Gloucestershire, where he's going to be a PC. It's a lovely little cottage-style village that's won Village of the Year for 20 years, I believe, and he brings his favorite piece, Lily, which is, he's a Nicholas Angel, while he is a very well-respected and established cop. He's a very lonely man, and he only has a little Japanese peace lily, and he brings his peace lily and himself and his clothes to Sanford Gloucestershire. And what he finds in Sanford Gloucestershire is a, a strange situation. He walks up to the bar, and everyone's underage drinking. It's a great scene. A lot of professors at our school, from what I hear, they uh, like to use that scene. Really, from, and huh. and mm. film classes. Yeah, and I can yeah. see why. It's just some yeah. great, great editing, great comedic timing, and zoom ins and stuff. And he arre- he kicks out all the underage drinkers, and the owner of the bar says it's all for the greater good, the greater good. And what he finds <laughs> as he goes along in his settling in of Sanford is a town that loves to sweep crime under the rug. And give a blind eye to misdemeanors and murders and fraud and conspiracy. They cover it up so that they can keep the illustrious title of Village of the Year. And that's where <laughs> Nicholas Angel comes in yeah. and tries to find out why this is happening. And who is murdering all these people and getting away with it. And why does no one believe him? And that's a little quick synopsis of the fuzz for you. Nice. Thank you so now, much, Jacob. I like it. You're welcome. You're welcome. We'll, you know, <laughs> that was, we'll that's pretty masterful. When, 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 we get from, when we go from point to point, um, there's a lot of climactic and explosive <laughs> moments in this movie, some quite literal. And mm-hmm. I feel like we'll get to that point to point whenever we go through like comedy and editing, cinematography, yeah. which yeah. this movie, in my opinion, complete masterclass of Edgar Wright's style, his quick wit, and the editing that is admittingly jarring. Yeah. Ethan Mason had actually not watched the movie mm. before I mentioned it. I was beg I'd been begging them to watch it. Mm. I actually didn't watch Hot Fuzz for the first time till this May. I watched it for the first time this May. Oh, and I watched um, it three times in that month because I was yeah. just completely blown blown away. It happens. Got Got the Cornetto trilogy on Blu-ray. Mm. I've rewatched it a few more times and brought it over here, and we watched it on 
similar night like it is tonight. Mm-hmm. Nice cool evening. And yep. <laughs> I just I love seeing you guys' reaction to the because I noticed the first thing that you guys noticed was the editing. Yeah. yeah especially course, yeah. especially Ethan. Ethan, tell yeah. me what you think about the editing of <laughs> Hot Fuzz and maybe just Edgar Wright as a director. Um I mean Jarg is a great way to put it. It's it's almost like YouTube levels of jump cutty. It's like a YouTube poop. Yeah, almost. But, I mean, it's so intentional. And the thing about it is that he, Edgar Wright flips the switch. You know, it, the, the movie doesn't exist in that state of choppiness for the entire time. But he uses that as sort of um, a device in his, you know, filmmaking toolbox, if you will. Mm. It's um, almost like he's highlighting an importance. It's like the opening. Yeah. I think of the he, opening when, he, when he's walking in because it's just... There's no cut. And mm-hmm. You're just walking this like long. This that like shot's it's amazing. like it's so a gr- fantastic opening shot yeah. of it's like a the sunrise illuminating the police station. Oh, yeah, this yeah. angel like walks up the front steps and you just hear the the echo of his footsteps marching towards the front desk, and it's just a slow zoom in. That shot probably goes on for like 30, 40 seconds. It lingers and it's it lingers for a while and then it does a quick zoom in on his badge, and there are cuts and dramatic transitions. Out the wazoo yeah. every half second. Yeah. The one that yeah. comes to mind first is the one where he's like getting all the gear ready. Uh, the what? When he's getting gear, I don't know. Is, mm, is yeah. if he's kind of the montage ready. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. But just that the cuts and yeah, the it's editing. it's just it's really neat. I he he's very tasteful about the editing style because, like I said, the whole movie isn't comprised of that. But when it's done. Especially in action sequences, it's very intentional. It's stylized and it's almost like tongue in cheek. He knows what he's doing, and he's like, "This is this is so over the top." Mm-hmm. As you know, a filmmaker that I, he knows that his he's trusting his audience will appreciate what he's doing, and, and it's it's not quite satire, but well, this I mean, it's pretty close. I think. Yeah, this movie breaches a line of. Uh... This movie's a parody for those that don't know. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. There's references, just explicit references to Point Break and Bad Boys 2. <laughs> so Nicholas Angel's side side cop buddy is uh, Danny Butterman, played by Nick Frost. Now, for those that don't know, Simon Pegg is the lead actor, and Nick Frost is the side man, and they are the duo that formed the Cornetto trilogy of films that Edgar Wright makes. Um that he made they're three films they're not related they're not related in any way the only thing that they have in common is simon Pegg. simon Pegg plays the lead and nick frost is the side man mm-hmm. and nick frost's character in this movie is a bumbling buffoon who only wants to be a police officer because he loves point break and bad boys 2 so much he's he wants to quote just fire his gun up in the air and go ah <laughs> yeah and he's all about fast car chases and sunglasses uh, and so good shooting people <laughs> and just like <laughs> a very obviously not <laughs> ideal way to be a police officer yeah. his his, uh, his idea of policing has been entirely formed by point break and bad boys too not the most responsible <laughs> yeah not the most responsible and throughout the movie you there are very many callbacks to Point Break mm-hmm. and Bad Boys Two. Mason, you've watched Point Break. What did yeah. I was curious? What did you notice, like, in how 
Hot Fuzz called back to Point Break and how they like kind of <laughs> played with it, but also paid homage to it. Yeah, I mean, at Point Break is a Catherine Bigelow film, and it's just it's crazy. You know, it's known for being like way over the top. Keanu Reeves is going crazy, mm-hmm. and it also has that like kind of like famous moment where he points the gun up in the sky and yeah, just starts point, shooting. Point his gun up in the sky and go, ah. Yeah. And it's like so silly. And I'm so glad I watched Point Break. I watched it like a month before uh, we watched this. The, which wasn't coordinated either. No, yeah. it was. I just randomly put it on. But yeah, I, I mean, you see that in Hot Fuzz where it's just kind of like over the top action, very mm. stylized. But that's like, it's like the perfect movie to call back to. Because yeah. there's a lot of similarities. Because it makes fun of how stupid Point Break is. Yes. But yeah. also, you can tell that he loves the stupidity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's such a, like, everything around that is so carefully crafted and artsy that, like, there's just a careful, like, immaculate way that Edgar Wright in this movie cares about stupidity. Mm-hmm. I don't... I th- oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, like, I feel like the over-the-top and stupidity of point break he lo- you can tell he loves mm-hmm. and that it's the meticulous and incredibly tight way that he pays homage to it but he's not making fun of it yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah. totally i think edgar wright um in paying homage to those two films i think may possibly intentionally probably unintentionally set um gave this generation of film lovers a movie to parody in the future. Mm. I think we will see movies inspired by Hot Fuzz or in the vi- same similar vein of Hot Fuzz. They're like um, making fun 10, of Hot Fuzz. 15 years down the line. Maybe maybe even sooner. Well, probably nah, it'll be a second cuz I think part of the um part of the romanticization around like Point Break is mm-hmm. Like the eighties style and, yeah, you and, gotta, and just like yeah. the you know You gotta let that, it soak like that in those like guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think once yeah. once Hot Fuzz has dated itself a little bit, we'll see some parodies because it's just it's too good not to give some yeah. love. That will be happening soon because it was like about twenty years after point break and this movie and is about like going on twenty 15, years. Not quite yeah, 15, but 15, 15, yeah. close to twenty. So like yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it could you could see something that's happen soon. soon. I don't know. I was yeah. also gonna say, um, make a point about the commentary on um, policing, like what what the film is saying about, mm-hmm. you know the uh, the institution of police officers, and it's in- interesting to hear like what Edgar Wright as a person from London, you did London yeah. or oh wait, fun fact is he from London? Fun fact, um, he lives in London. Mm. He's British, but. The town of Sanford, I don't think that that's a real town that they shot the movie mm-hmm. in. I don't think I don't know if that's what the town is actually called, but the town where they shot the movie in is where Edgar Wright grew up. Okay, mm. well, yeah. So I mean, that's probably saying a lot about where he grew up then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's <laughs> yeah, a good point because sure. I wonder if he like dealt. Oh, like, I'm sure. I'm sure like, he draws I feel, like, a lot from personal experience. But what I was right. gonna say is the commentary that we get in this film is very different from some something in say Lehen, which you know yes, feature yeah. episode on yeah, Lehen, yeah, yeah. one of my maybe my favorite film of all time mason put me onto it um we'll talk about that later but yeah 
this tackles an entirely different issue yeah. within policing. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, it, it's it's more about the the personal corruption of that the like trickles force. down yeah. and affects everyone else because yeah. the main head of the police department in Sanford is Danny Butterman's dad, Frank mm-hmm. Butterman. And <laughs> yeah, I, forgot I that. guess if we're going through plot by plot, do you guys want to go ahead and like talk about sort of the twist we find out at the end of the movie, like in the yeah. second half yeah, of the sure. movie, yeah, but ahead, that's yeah. Frank Butterman's wife died yes. and she used to be the mm. head of the neighborhood watch or neighborhood, what do they call in movies? The NWA in the movie. I forget yeah, what they yeah, yeah, it's, what uh, association. Yeah, neighborhood, neighborhood watch, watch alliance. Oh, alliance. Alliance. Excuse yes. me. She yeah. was the head of the NWA, <laughs> and she was sort of the architect behind Sanford being the greatest village. Mm-hmm. And when she died, he wanted to keep that legacy alive. And his way of doing that was covering up every single crime as possible so that they could win Village of the Year. And so, obviously... On the commentary side, it is about personal corruption mm-hmm. at yeah. the top and how mm-hmm. that affects everyone and personal gain and almost just like yeah, trying to make things seem like they're perfect when they're not. Yeah. And just like straight up negligence, which is <laughs> yeah. pretty, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. pretty <laughs> obvious. I also think it just it paints, you know, police officers as just plain stupid, you know, just and, and like aloof. Yeah. But they all change by the end of the movies, the thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like stupid people they just yeah. like have been so conformed by the idea that everything is perfect and that nothing like a murder could happen in Sanford mm-hmm. and it's Simon Pegg's quest throughout the movie is to like turn the yeah. tide and get everyone to turn against Frank Butterman in the village shootout they've been brainwashed yeah. yeah yeah they do they, they get brainwashed um, so we've gone through editing let's talk about the comedic bits in a way, you know, great transition from editing because the editing itself is a comedic device. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right off the bat, when he goes to Sanford, there's a hilarious montage. I remember when we first watched it, Ethan made like an audible reaction to how many cuts were happening. <laughs> when he, It's the scene where he's waiting at the train station oh, yes, to go, yes. and it's like cutting from day like noon afternoon night to him sleeping in the train waking him up and then being on the train yeah and, that like, was checking ridiculous. his phone so it's like boom 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 i'm dying <laughs> ethan's like come on bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i need like we need enough <laughs> and i'm con- i'm conformed to this movie's um yeah very adhd nature but mm. for first time viewers be warned this movie there will be several sequences that may if you're if you have epilepsy, just be warned. Like, yeah, just yeah, wear some sunglasses. Yeah, wear some sunglasses. <laughs> that's not like, do anything. yeah, <laughs> literally not gonna do anything. Just it's gonna make the movie darker. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, just when, when, what is this when, color grading? When the flashing <laughs> when the flashing lights happens, just blink your eyes really fast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that'll help. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Be be warned if there's there's some very like seizure inducing segments in this movie and i yeah if I it's can, an edgar wright movie though you gotta know yeah, that's coming know that's his whole stick i will say ethan you have your quarrels with on some, a personal with some of those moments yeah. on a personal see, level see see this is a great segue on a personal <laughs> level i was gonna say this is hot fuzz for me was a bit of an uphill battle because <laughs> i watched um baby driver maybe 
uh, nine months ago or so, and I didn't love it. I had a lot of issues with the movie. Boo. This, a, is a a, take, this is a take that neither bad take. Mason or <laughs> Jacob agree with me Boo. on, but I just Boo. simply didn't enjoy it. I yeah, it's Not for me. But... Um, you like this one a lot more. Though, oh, for but, sure, for like, sure. Yeah, I have it. I have it sitting at um, <laughs> a, a strong three and a half. Oh, okay, which you know, I, it's it's hard for me to put like a quote unquote fun movie as a five. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense because I feel like I have to. Everything just has to be firing on all cylinders in terms of just like artistic it, it's hard, merit. It's hard. It's hard for me to put but I feel one like thing. Sorry, like really high, you're good. Because um, then I, I feel like I have to justify it, you know? Yeah. And then you start ranking it against other movies. This is tangent, but... Um, well, I get, I get what you're saying. It can be hard. Like, like Hot Fuzz, is it as powerful as something like... It's not 2001. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah. yeah like, you're not going like, to walk away from it and take... Like, you're not going to be thinking about it weeks. No. But, like, not every movie has to do that. No, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, not every movie serves the purpose of being like, that for people. That. Yeah. I, I mean I'm I understand that rating like perspective you know especially like, when comparing it to other stuff because like a movie I've given five stars something like Moonlight and it's in the same tier as Hot Fuzz like yeah one of my how am I supposed to be like yeah these movies are on the same level like, yeah movies, but that's the, the that's the, the thing level. about rating movies like once you see enough it's kind of it just kind of goes out the window yeah, right. you know I you mean, can't stack them up but against each other the thing for me is like I've got Phantom Thread sitting at a four that is a phenomenal film yeah. That's a five I for love me, Phantom Thread. I have a few qualms with it, obviously, yeah. but Dude, but it's, it's a great. Just, I wasn't about to put Hot Fuzz <laughs> on the same level as Phantom Thread. That's the issue. But yeah, I, it's yeah. at, at the same sense. time, I think every movie should exist within a vacuum and not be compared. Ideally, yeah. But oh, the, yeah, tangent. Sorry. Hey, uh, back in the TLDR shout out, of this. Shout out Phantom Thread. That is also oh, a yeah. Five yeah. For me. Shout out <laughs> Phantom Thread. The yeah. TLDR of this is that uh, my first exposure to Edgar Wright wasn't positive um i wouldn't say wasn't not positive but um i wasn't exactly enamored with the with the stylistic um nature of it and i just it was it was a plot issue more than anything i think i think it was just a weak story but Mm. that's not the same for hot fuzz i i really like hot fuzz yeah what i find interesting is um speaking of like plot and sort of like the progression of hot fuzz since that's what we're kind of on I've talked to several people that have already seen Hot Fuzz, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I've talked to several people now that have said, they're like, Hot Fuzz is kind of slow. And I thought, what? Really? And I feel like they're they're referring to um, maybe that moment in the middle of the film where he, like, it's after um, Tim Messenger's death. There's a very... But FYI, Hot Fuzz is... Shockingly gory, and <laughs> yeah, yeah it kind of a little scream. crass. There's there's the scream it's, references, you know. Yeah, scream. Yeah, it goes back to scream, definitely yeah. goes back to scream. And there's some really gory moments. And Tim Messenger's death. He <laughs> he's what he wants to talk to Nicholas Angel about a plot of land that's being mm-hmm. that's being put up for sale, <laughs> and someone we we don't know the murderer yet but the murderer goes to the top of the church roof yeah, yeah, which is yeah, under under which is in complete disrepair yeah. and he pushes off an arch and it lands directly on top of Tim Messenger's head Some and just bludgeons midsummer him midsummer type and stuff and they show the whole thing and <sighs> it's quite insane after that moment of Tim Messenger's death i've heard some people say that 
the movie takes a bit of a dip. Mm. I, I obviously don't feel that way. No, I, I, I feel like wh- I feel like with his editing style, it's There's impossible no for, for yeah. it to be slow. And that's <laughs> the that's one of the biggest proponents of mm. his editing style. It's you know never, what I mean? Like, in yeah. it, it it's got you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even even if you don't like it, it has your attention, and that's like agreed. Yeah, that that's the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. And you were rocking with it, I think, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask um, on the topic of comedic comedic bits. Excuse me, um, about the last names, Jacob. If, could you <laughs> could you debrief the folks for us real quick? Pull yeah. pull up um, the names. <laughs> it, it it's a common theme in literature for um for writers to name usually either the it's sometimes first names but usually last names after either a character trait of someone or after someone um if you watch succession mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of succession uh, maybe succession. maybe we'll do a pod on that that Ooh. i don't know if that's heresy Jeez, doing doing a, like a 20 yeah. hour long episode yeah uh it's a lot to unpack uh, an episode about a show <laughs> on a film pod but yeah. um I am it a, takes a lot from film. I'm okay. a succession boy, <laughs> so it takes a lot from film. Sure. But it's yeah, high uh, art. Tom Wamsgans. If you do some research on the last name, there's there's some intentionality there. Mm. Um, <laughs> the entirety of Harry Potter, every single um, spell is basically just like the word for yeah. something in Latin or like yeah yeah. Stupefy literally means to like, but, stop something, or you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- isn't it like Lumos for? Yeah, light hold on, while I give my Harry Potter bag. One, yeah. And Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz does this, but to an extreme extent, to where I feel like I've deciphered most of it. A, lis- <laughs> a listener might be able to tell me like what some other last names mean, but mm-hmm. every character in Hot Fuzz, their last name directly correlates to their role in the story. So That's the main cool. character is Nicholas Angel. He's mm-hmm. the angel of Sanford. It's pretty obvious. Nice. Danny Butterman and Frank Butterman. When Nick first meet them, they're always um, eating toast. They're, yeah, they're they always like they're always eating some sort of pastry or something. Oh wait, I, I was doing a wait, I was doing a bit. Is that is that really why they're called Butterman? Well, it, <laughs> partly. No, yeah, no, for sure because <laughs> well, no, for sure because he. When when Nick first meets Danny Butterman, he yeah. arrests him for a DUI, and instead of getting, you know charge for this crime his punishment is to eat ice cream mm. and danny butterman or frank butterman his dad is the <laughs> well obviously is, is, is the one who <laughs> proposed this idea and <laughs> danny and frank are always seen eating something and Edgar that, like correlates to that and then um Simon Skinner, who's the owner of the supermarket, he's the suspected killer for the majority of the movie, and he's taunting Nicholas Angel throughout the movie with very blatant, um, <laughs> with very blatant, like just <laughs> cracks me. Go ahead, just like, <laughs> very, you got very, it. Very blatant threats to <laughs> right. to murder people. Yeah. And no one does anything about it. He'll just go up to it and be like, like, I'm a slasher. A slasher of prices. And then he runs away. And then he's when he meets, when, ugh, can't talk. When Simon Skinner is talking about Eve Draper and her performance in the Romeo and Juliet homage, he's like, he's like, someone should club your head or something yeah, like that. I remember that. That's like, good. That's like, good. Someone yeah. should club your head. And That's good. So the suspected killer being named Skinner and mm. Reverend Philip Shooter. Who is the one who has the powerful pistols in the yeah. in the famous 
street shootout at the end. Yeah, of the movie. you're really bringing it yeah. all together here. I I didn't think about any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's layers to it, man. Tim Me- <laughs> Tim Messenger, the guy, the main journalist for the Sanford paper, last name Messenger. He is, you know, the me- bringing the message, and mm. he even is like he's like the gossiper of Sanford. There's like any scene he's in, he's always trying to start something, and. A lot of drama. We all have that one friend. Yeah, we all got that one <laughs> friend. If you, <laughs> who is ta- it? Ta- ta- yeah, tag. Yeah, ta- tag, we're about to name drop. Ta- tag your Tim Messenger in the in the group. <laughs> yeah. Everybody got Tim Messenger, and Tim Messenger's <laughs> just always starting drama and gossiping. And so yeah, there's some I don't quite understand, and some that obviously just don't like have a last name that maybe not maybe may not mean much, but a lot of last names in Hot Fuzz do this. Yeah, pretty Jacob, cool. Jacob. Yeah. Is it time to give Olivia Coleman some love? Yes. Oh, it's time. So we've just kind of hopped around sort of comedic moments from time to time. Olivia Coleman is in this movie. She plays the only girl at the police station, Doris Thatcher. Which I think should be noted as well. Yes. That it's like a male dominated. I mean, that's yeah, well, they, they bring that up <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. 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 He's like. She's like, she's our only policewoman. She's not a policewoman. She's a police officer. Yes, she is. I've seen her bra. That's the, next, that's the, that's the exact quote. Oh <laughs> is that, is that, <laughs> is that Nick Frost's character that says that? Yeah, Nick Frost says yeah, that. Of he course. Goes, yeah, that. yeah yes, 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 she is. I've seen her bra. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Olivia Coleman's character in this movie, there's not many females in this movie. No. And she's the only girl at the police station, and her sole existence is to make sexual passes at others in the police station. <laughs> Every single line Olivia Coleman has in this gold. movie is pure gold. <laughs> Comedic genius. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Before we get to some of that, though, um, <laughs> I have to talk about, speaking of sort of promiscuous jokes, that one of my favorite characters, who I forgot to mention in the last name thing, is Martin Blower. There is. <laughs> how can you forget that one? How could I forget Martin? That was Lower? the one that we were talking this about is, before we started recording. Yeah, this might be my favorite joke in the whole movie. Um, there's two characters, Martin Blower and Eve Draper, and they have a. They're doing a homage to Romeo and Juliet, oh, and they've yes. invited Nicholas Angel and Danny to come to the premiere. One of the best parts of the movie. And it is a complete bastardization <laughs> of Romeo and Juliet, and they're having an affair of some kind, and. While he's dead as Romeo on stage, he like starts to make out with her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he like and then, they and like kiss Julia, once. Yeah, he kisses once, and then he goes back up for more. It's like, yeah. Yeah. like oh yeah. my god! And bro. then when Juliet dies, she just pulls out a pistol, and then they like start doing like some Irish meadow dance thing in the <laughs> at the encore, where they all come back to life and start doing this big, so funny, this big jig, and the last name thing, blower, you know. Don't need to say anything about that. Yeah. And might need to cut that out. <laughs> no, yeah. No, you're good. Okay. The folks the folks at at home can use some inductive reasoning. Yeah, they can. And yeah, let's not but, go any further. <laughs> hey man. But, fresh face film bro. It's for the kids. Yeah. We don't we, we don't it is. We, it's we for the kids, even though like website, every bro. Even, yeah. It's for the kids, even though every movie we've watched is rated R basically, other than Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was like, wait, what's the other one? Oh, old boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell him little did Sammy. An, we did an old boy. Now, don't tell don't your think... mom. I told you to watch old boy. <laughs> yeah. You go. This is a pod for five year olds. Hear it from me. 
Now to old boy. <laughs> yeah. But Martin Blower and Eve Draper, they meet their demise and <laughs> they meet their demise shortly after the shortly after their horrendous performance and they get chopped up into pieces and they stage the NWA stages a <laughs> stages a uh, the, NWA. the NWA stage a crime scene where they like wrecked they like sped off the road even though they're like <laughs> just like right off the road like they didn't even go that far or anything yeah. they're just like the car's shown in the ditch and that's yeah. funny and yeah I forget the way he says it but the detective he goes this all goes back to Olivia Coleman's sole existence as a character but he goes oh they took off the sign back there and then lost control at the layby or something and he goes she goes oh I've had I've had my top off on his layby <laughs> <laughs> but um Olivia Coleman's character is a complete meme basically and but ties into the commentary stuff about police being male dominated and sexism within like, the workplace yeah yeah exactly but mm-hmm. again it all turns around at the end of the movie once they all get unbrainwashed yeah so. she's also in the bear she is in the bear that one episode she's, bear nah, just like she's in a lot of movies more. too we don't talk about tv shows on this yeah, podcast get out of here, bro. <laughs> doesn't watch tv i watch <laughs> both <laughs> i'm i'm a real scholar yeah. nah screw tv screw the bear bro <laughs> He just went there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But comedic moments. I've already sort of harped on about some of my favorite moments, like the Romeo and Juliet play. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorites. Olivia Coleman's character, among other things. But what moments stood out to you guys? I I like the scream stuff. I think that's a really funny way to kind of go about the, like, mystery, like, killer thing. Because it's just so, it's so overt, but it's, it's very funny. The costume is like Scream, but it's not Scream in the way where Scream's kind of like a bumbling killer and who yeah. like barely manages to kill them. Like these people who are Scream, they always slip away from Nicholas Angel in the funniest way. Like during the um, Garden Center chase scene, like that, yeah, that yeah, man's yeah. doing like somersaults <laughs> and yeah. like jumps through a tiny hole in the fence. Like they're incredibly overpowered. It's kind of funny because Scream is like a satire of horror movies. It's a satire for satire. And yeah, now this is like satiring that, which is, it's like, whoa, it's kind of confusing. But yeah. Speaking of jumping, I do love the scene where they're chasing the shoplifter and he's like complaining. Um, Danny's about to complain about how they have to jump over fences. And he's like, you never, he's like, never jumped through a fence before. And he does a back, like Nicholas Angel being, (laughs) being the, being the just, Godlike man he is does mm-hmm. just jumps over all these fences as fast as anyone can, then does a backflip on the last one, and then Danny just crazy dude. flops towards the first one and breaks and just <laughs> falls on the fence and breaks it. It's like a Chris Farley esque sight gag. It was it was it was great. Yeah, it was. it was funny. Um, I was gonna say this is more like not a moment, but more of a sequence. Just like watching Danny Butterman under Nicholas Angel's wing and sort of seeing him learn the ropes of you know actually learning how to do his job mm-hmm. I thought that was very endearing um, and obviously you know Nick Frost and Simon Pegg their chemistry is just chef's kiss they're, um, they're if you like their chemistry <laughs> they're two of our movies there's a reason there's a trilogy yeah. because they they play off each other incredibly well and I 
I don't even know like how to quantify it really, but they just they match each other's energy so well. Like it's such a good yin and yang almost, mm-hmm. and especially in like in every movie because their characters and and the other two are completely different. So they have range like as a duo. It's not just kind of like Nicholas Angel's the tough guy and he's like the bumbling buffoon. Mm-hmm. Like every movie's really different, and uh, the world's in it's like the exact opposite. So. Mm. I um, also really like the uh, the shootout in the street. Oh yeah, it's sick. That's where they pull out all the stops. I yes. feel like. Yeah, I watched. We watched that clip in my film class, and we talked about the editing a lot there, mm-hmm. and like all the whip pans and stuff. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So also the color grading. During, what about it? <laughs> I, during what? I mean, I like during it. the fight sequences, I feel like. Does it change at all? Or I feel like it, it gets still... a little, yeah, it gets a little saturated. I feel yeah. like yeah, it's There's a little also, darker, mm-hmm. yeah, a little more colder, gray, yeah. colder. Yeah, there, yeah sure. There's it, a color. There's a lighting moment. Yeah. There's a shot for shot remake of the trunk scene from Goodfellas, which oh, yeah, feels yeah, yeah. feels weirdly out of place because <laughs> Goodfellas is not like the other movies that this <laughs> that Hot Fuzz like. Yeah, gets from so <laughs> the fact that they just like recreated the trunk scene from Goodfellas and like recreated multiple shots I thought was really funny. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So um, we've gone through editing, we've gone through comedy and comedy. A bit of technical. A bit of technical, but I feel like there's more to talk about with tec- technical cinematography. I don't know who did the cinematography for this, but this movie has a <laughs> wide range of close-ups and really beautiful wide shots and long takes and like quick mounted camera movement yes cinematography by jess hall jess hall shout out jess hall this Mm -hmm. dude knows what he's doing apparently yeah so simon pegg was a writer on this film i didn't know that you didn't know that yeah we were talking about that before yeah oh i wasn't listening sorry yeah no that's fine um this movie for those that don't know was written by simon pegg too and edgar wright but Simon Pegg also wrote the other two movies, too. Mark Matram stunts. <laughs> shout out. It's yeah. funny you were shout talking... Out, shout out the stunt guy. It's funny you are talking about TV because before Edgar Wright did movies, he had a TV show hmm. in the UK called Spaced, and Simon Pegg starred on it, and that's where they met, and they like hmm. wrote together on hmm. that show, and then that segue to the movies. I was going to comment on like the British humor in this film. It's just on point. It's really super dry, but it's very witty, and yep. it I, it worked a lot. I love my favorite joke. Jacob and I were talking about it. Was the was uh Nick Frost's quip um after the they let the guy with the DUI go. I don't know. I mean, we don't need to spoil the line or anything, but <laughs> it's just it's it's subtle <laughs> yeah. and it's brilliant, and it's just like I don't know the the writing style. I I love British humor, um and. There's just the yeah, jokes a, just land. There's a know? lot of little moments that this is why this movie so has been so rewarding to me on rewatch because I feel mm. like every every rewatch I'm like, "Oh yeah, there's this joke, there's this joke." And even the joke Ethan mentioned, I don't even think I caught that joke on the first watch. And so <laughs> when I when I when I got through a second time, I was like, "That's amazing." <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about it's it. It's just so a, funny. It's just a like a cute little like 2 second line, but once it registers in your brain, you just kind of lose and it. movies don't usually make me laugh like that. So oh, dude, I, I laughed. I laughed in Barbie, 
Barbie definitely was cracking me up, but this is a different yeah, level. This, this is a different level of laughter. Like yeah, yeah, we were we were dying. It's more yeah, funny, it was, Barbie. It's this. Yeah, I, I think a good way to summarize it: if you're just looking for the one the one of the most goaded comedies. Yeah, just a a feel just good a fun really, night. If you just want to laugh, yeah, Hot Fuzz, Mister on Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it's a great watch. Or Baby Driver. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I mean, if you like, yeah, if you if you're looking for that, watch Hot Fuzz. And there's just so much more to unpack from that, like from yeah. what's going on underneath the hood with what the movie's saying. Yeah, it's not just a comedy. Yeah, it's not just a comedy. And there's it's a lot more to offer. So expertly well crafted. I. Mm. Yeah, you get the Edgar day. Wright flares, which really work in this. Mm-hmm. Other Tom, like some of his other films, I feel like doesn't work as well. Yeah, can, but this is like the perfect like concoction. that one. Um, what, what was it? Called, um, uh, last night in Soho. Uh, no, uh, no, Baby no. Driver. Um, oh, <laughs> okay. Are, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just okay. Hey, I will say, intense about Baby Driver. Baby Driver. You know, te- let, let's te- go there. No, let's te- go there right technically, now. Technically, <laughs> from a technical perspective, Baby Driver is oh my astounding. <laughs> okay, I will get the driving sequences, the cinematography. There's so much the to music. appreciate. How have you not brought up the music? Yeah, the, the, ba- the music great. in Baby Driver. The way that they the incorporate the music part, is great. It's cool. And okay, it is okay, it's cool. Not, the the not, music isn't groundbreaking, but the way that he incorporates it is like incredible. in a diegetic and non-diegetic sense. Come on, man! But also, That's, like the music he chooses, like yes, the music yeah, itself yeah. is fantastic. I don't too. know. Maybe, maybe I need to give it a rewatch. But I just didn't love it. I don't also, know. Okay, well, the characters were just flat, in my opinion. I didn't care. There's one thing that we're not talking about. They quote Monsters Inc. It made that makes it go with it, bro. Let's not forget about Pixar's that. Pixar's on the downswing, man. Oh, okay. Well, we're just jumping down all the rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. Man, this Let, is still hot fuzz. They know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they know. Pixar was not on the downswing when Monsters, Inc. came out, is all I'm going to no. say. So, <laughs> But we live in the year 2023. Yeah. That I, like, was, I like Soul. Soul was great. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. That was hot fuzz. A real romp. A great laugh, but mm-hmm. also a real feat in editing and delivery and acting and just sort of everything in my book, depending on your taste and how you like your pacing. It can be a bit much. However, if you want something that is so quick-witted and dry, but also just a fantastic time, this is, in my opinion, the best thing to watch. I think with people's like short attention spans, like it's good. It would work. This movie yeah, would I don't do think gangbusters it. with the TikTok generation. When TikTok discovers hot fuzz, it's going to be Susan Kane for like, them. They, yeah, they don't need Subway Surfers <laughs> yeah, on the they, bottom they, half of the screen. Yeah, they you're not going to need Subway Surfers it. when you watch it's hot gonna fuzz. Be, it's going to be hot fuzz on the top and bottom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're going to need two screens to see what all's going on. <laughs> it's going to be... In, in like a hundred years, the like the sight and sound list is gonna come out. It's gonna be like Hot Fuzz, Vertigo, Citizen Kane. Yeah, like, <laughs> I would love that. Any and then the Crudes. <laughs> the Crudes. Crudes too, specifically. Why are we talking about the Crudes? It's the Crudes of all the movies. Bro. Yeah. Any and then of course, all films made by Dane DeHaan. What or that Dane DeHaan stars in. The, the Hanathon is coming. Listen, Whether that's listen, not coming or not. That's not com- the rumors are not true. That's not coming. Mason, Mason's from, hating from, bro. What, from the sources I've heard. We, it we might have be a two thirds majority <laughs> in favor of the Dahanathon. folks. Hey, Dane Dahan fans, 
We are so back. If you want us to do a Dahanathon, download this episode as many times as you can. Entire and Dane Dahan filmography, yeah. starting with yeah. or ending with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, y'all mm-hmm. are going to do your homework. Oh, I will. I will do my homework. Oh, you my better goodness. believe. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't test us on the Dahanathon. I'm going to write a biography. Okay. But I did want to say before we close out. Okay. Any closing thoughts on Hot Fuzz? <laughs> Just just the, the climax, um, the point break reference at the end. I don't know if we covered that. I know we talked about the point break, no. break reference references generally, and but like st- specifically the end, how it culminates with Nick Frost firing in the air. Brilliant. Yeah, genius, yeah. That was so funny. And the way it was pulled off was like, the most genius thing about it is that Edgar Wright makes this experience accessible to all viewers even the ones who haven't seen point break because he shows nick frost and simon Pegg watching it and so yeah, all no, viewers yeah. can get That's the joke point. which is like very i thought it was great i don't know what licensing hoops he had to jump through through that i don't want to imagine the paperwork and, and emails and whatever that it That's took That's a line in the movie about paperwork <laughs> yeah true when, right after he watches point break he says um he says something about paperwork but but <laughs> yeah the 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 final shot where Nick Frost fires the gun in the air. Oh, I was just belly giggling. Belly, la- belly laughing for sure. And there's still so many jokes we didn't even bring up, like the British redneck with all the guns and the and, oh, yeah, and the sw- and the swan that's like a reoccurring character. Like there's yeah. just so, there's so much. Yeah, the swan we, bit didn't make any sense to me. I What's I don't know if swan? that means some, I don't know if there's like symbolism there or if that's just like no bro it's the swan it it's, it's the swan it doesn't the need swan. like it, they just yeah, try yeah, getting there's, there's yeah. no explanation yeah <laughs> there might be who knows but there's so much to unpack with it it throws so much at you so go mm-hmm. watch it I mean there's definitely some stuff that we didn't yep. make up so well soon. folks thanks so much for tuning in oh, wait, like we mentioned wait, hold on. Oh, okay Mason do you have any closing thoughts oh, uh, yeah I just think that it's like the perfect concoction of like his isms and like his stylized vision. Also, yeah, this is just, so. we should have said this earlier. This is just Edgar Wright's full fanboy on display. He's just such an appreciator of film and he is so yeah. well-versed, you know? Yeah, and, he is. Very, yeah. He knows film. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy that that's just a real treat for, you know, people like him to watch because, he he knows how to uh, treat the ca- the craft with with care and how how to also reach you know fans of film. But yeah, looking forward um, to next week. We are not done with Edgar Wright. Yeah, we've got another one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Scott back to Pilgrim back, Edgar Wright with special guest Heath. Yes, he's coming. Heath. Jacob's good friend Heath is is. Is driving down to the if, barrel. If y'all have heard of Scott Pilgrim. If y'all have heard of Heath. This man <laughs> is the biggest Scott Pilgrim fan to walk the planet Earth. I believe he's watched it eight or nine times in the span of this last summer alone. Wow, that's he rookie is, numbers. He's that's a, another level. He, he is a fiend <laughs> for the Scott. <laughs> and this man is going to blow y'all's minds with how much he, he takes a new level of dedication when it comes to fanboying over a movie mm-hmm. like he does with Scott Pilgrim and I can't I, wait to I heard him I heard that he might be na- he might be changing his name to Scott I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at this point 
Well, we've got that, and then looking ahead to Decalogue 1. Decalogue 1. And um, more to come. <laughs> but thanks again so much for tuning in. Um, and I guess we can... Oh. Quick, quick shout out to our one listener in Indonesia. We love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, let's roll that outro music. I'm <laughs> sorry.